Outside of some offensive mishaps, things are slowly coming together for parts of this Gophers team that could help so much in the long term. We're going to dive into that today, talk about has the season outlook changed, and finally we're jumping into the listener mailbag. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You are listening to the Locked On Golden Gophers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we're going to talk about some things that are slowly coming together for the Gophers, things that you maybe haven't noticed quite yet, but it is great to see for both now and the future. On top of that, we're going to talk about has this season outlook changed? And then we're jumping in to the listener mailbag like we do every week for our everydayers. So be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. YouTube so you don't miss any mailbags moving forward. If you have questions you want answered, I've got you covered here at Locked On Golden Gophers. So be sure to subscribe, follow wherever you get the podcast at Locked On Golden Gophers. Now, like I said, we're doing a listener mailbag today. If you ever have questions, drop them in the comments below and I will be sure to note them for future mailbags as well. But I want to make sure we're covering what you want to hear here at Locked On Golden Gophers. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jasemedical.com. All right, so what has been unique about this Gophers team? What has stood out about this Gophers team that can help both now and in the future? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is was said by Coach Fleck in a presser this week, and that is the fact that they are not abandoning the pass game. Now, typically, when things aren't working out, when players are dropping balls, when we're getting ugly passes in there. We're missing on open routes and you're putting the ball in dangerous positions. Turnover worthy plays is what I'm referring to. Coach Fleck has been like, okay, no, that's fine. We'll just tote the rock, give Mo the ball. Let's get it done. And at first you thought maybe they couldn't do that this season because there was no Mo Ibrahim. But then you have true freshman Darius Taylor who pops off and steps up and looks like the next gopher great back. Everyone's excited about him, but Coach Fleck has insisted he is not going to do that with this team. He is not going to just abandon the pass game, which they have in the past. And he is, look, it was baffling to me that he actually admitted it because we've been saying it for the last couple of years now of like, oh, it looks like Fleck is just like not going to trust the pass game. He's just going to run, run, run. And we ask, why do we never pass? Why don't we? And this year, this year, he called not only himself out, but he said, I'm not going to do that with this team and that he was going to invest in the quarterback. So, you know what? It's great to see that they're not abandoning the pass game. And it was slightly proven in that North Carolina game because you drive the field in drive one, you get down to like uh, just outside of the red zone, just outside of the 20 yard line. And then you end up having an interception on that first drive. And what did they do on the first couple plays of the next drive? They passed the ball. Now, typically you're going to run the ball two or three times and let it kind of 
sink in. No, they went back to the well. They passed the ball again. And Coach Harbaugh even called that out in this week's presser as well. So I think it's interesting to say the least. Now, we'll see if they put their money where their mouth is. And we'll see if that is truly the case in this Northwestern game. Because this is a game you can win on the ground. We talked about that yesterday. This is a game where you could run the rock 50 times and be able to probably most likely walk away with a simple victory. Uh, uh, not simple. I guess I want to say a victory that should be well in hand if you tote the rock 50 times. But that can't be afforded by this Gophers team because they need to figure out the passing game. We'll see. It's going to be a big week to see if they actually truly do what they've been stating in these pressers this week. Now, even with the absolute terrible shoot-yourself-in-the-foot game in North Carolina, the team didn't look broken down. They didn't look defeated. They weren't hanging their heads all that much or giving up. Now, we've seen the opposite of that before in some instances with the Gophers team. So it was great to see the fight. It was great to see them not counting themselves out of the game. And hopefully that continues because that poise that has been mentioned all year started to show itself even through the chaos, even through the bad, even through the ugly. It continued to carry on. So hopefully that is something you can continue to see from a fairly young team in the Gophers program. Now, on top of that, what we've learned is a lot of underclassmen have been impact players on the offense and defense, especially on the defense. Now, on the offense, you've got three players that are getting heavy minutes as sophomores or younger in Ethan Kelly McManus, Lamecki Brockington, and Darius Taylor. The redshirt soft, two redshirt sophomores and a true freshman in that grouping. And then on top of that, we saw another true freshman this last week and Greg Johnson, who played, I believe, about 21, 22 snaps in the last game. It didn't look bad. So hopefully as he continues to progress, as he continues to get more opportunities, we'll see more impact from another younger player on the offensive side of ball. But on the defense, you've got four starters and two rotational players that are all sophomores or younger. You've had the unlikely starter in Maverick Baranowski with the Cody Lindenberg injury. Now, when Cody comes back, Maverick's still going to get a lot of snaps. He's proven that he's deserved the time as a redshirt freshman. On top of that, you've got Darius Green, who is your starting safety across from Tyler Newbin, who has been very effective in the run defense. He plays in the nickel at times as well. He's been pretty consistent, and overall, that redshirt sophomore gives you a lot of field time and a lot of experience for next year as a redshirt sophomore starter this year. Then on top of that, you've got Devin Eastern and Devin Williams. Both of these players have made big impacts from this season. They've both been starters. Devin Williams has played the second most snaps on the entire defense so far this year. So those four starters are all guys that are redshirt sophomores or younger. And then on top of that, you've got Tariq Watson and Aiden Goosby, who are both redshirt freshmen who have both been getting into the rotation, whether it be from injury, whether it be from just needing another man in for certain packages. But they've been in there now. They've made some mistakes along the way, but they have been getting in valuable playing time. So you've got starting or you've got starting young players or you've got players that are making big impacts as freshman and sophomore that will only help this team as it continues to move forward into next season as well. And then on top of that, you're starting to see the transfer vets click. Now you've got uh, Corey Crooms who has been clicking all year so far. You've got Trayvon Jones on defense, Ice Trey 
who has came on the scene immediately, has a sack, has an interception, has tackled for loss, is very involved in the game and has been going since game one at a very, very high level. But now you're starting to see major plays from Jack Henderson, who we talked about a lot this offseason, from Chris Collins, the North Carolina transfer. And they're really, they've been getting the snaps, they've been getting the rotation in there, but they're starting to make the big time plays. And as they get more comfortable, this defense only gets more dangerous. So it'll be very interesting to see them continue to grow and develop and we're still waiting for opportunities more opportunities from elijah spencer and uh ryan seelig's been in there uh somewhat as well at that sam linebacker position so we'll see if he sets to settle in and get comfortable and make big difference making plays as well but the transfers have been a great crop for coach fleck and the gophers thus far now right now of all the starters only six starters are for sure gone next year, have no more eligibility left. Now that's Tyler Newbin, Brevin Span Ford. Um, who else is in there? Chris Ottman Bell, uh, Trey Jones, Kyler Baugh, and Nathan Bow. Those are your six starters that will be out of eligibility by the end of the year. Now the Gophers could return a lot of experience next year moving forward. Now it'll depend on how the season plays out, how guys draft stocks look, but overall there could be a lot of returners, which could be a great thing for the Gophers heading into a 2024-25 season with all those new Big Ten teams coming in. So having a lot of new players in positions, but able to come back and start next year will be big time for the Gophers. And that's nice to see that starting to gel and come to fruition here in Minnesota. But then finally, uh, the younger players' snaps are starting to tick up. So we talked about the younger players who have been involved, but you're seeing Darius Taylor take over as their RB1. You're seeing Greg Johnson get his first reps and snaps in a big, big major game. That's big trust for a true freshman. And I think you're going to continue to see him maybe even get more reps starting these next few games. Now, I'm, it's great to see they have no intention of redshirting him as well. On top of that, you got Maverick Bernowski, who has started three games. I think he's still going to be a heavy player for the Gophers. Maybe he's rotating with C-League after this. Maybe he is rotating with Devin Williams. Or maybe he's rotating with all three of the linebackers, seeing as he's played a lot of middle linebackers to start this season. So it's great to see that redshirt freshman popping off. We've also seen Anthony Smith take a leap in opportunity this past week, and not only in snaps, but also in his production and his PFF grade, both making a huge jump in week three. He had 10 snaps and 11 snaps in the first two weeks. Last week, he had 41 snaps. I would expect that trend to continue to be a higher snap load for the young player who is bound to be a feature for this program. And then again, Tariq Watson saw nearly 20 snaps in week one and three due to injury, but he has looked fairly decent in those opportunities. So we've talked about the makeup of this team. But what is the outlook for Minnesota? What has changed since losing to North Carolina? We're going to dive into that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Jace Medical because everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. With storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, and supply chain issues, we need to be prepared more now than ever. Now, Jace Case and their opportunity, or their 
product for you has five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. It, all it takes is you can get a Jace case by filling out a form, a simple form online, and sometimes they have you jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment and related questions, and it is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. So it's great for times like the polar vortex or the pandemic or unexpected situations that we continue to experience more frequently than ever to have them all on hand is perfect for you now all of this is great for emergency situations just to have them on hand just in case you know just in case there's that ever or you know what zombie apocalypse who knows what's happening these days but to have the life-saving antibiotics of the jace case is more than good it's great and you can save more than 360 dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with jace medical plus an additional $20 off by using promo code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Gophers fans, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now we're talking about has the outlook of this season changed? What has changed since this North Carolina game for the Minnesota Gophers and their fans? Now many fans have this team pegged between seven and nine wins to kick off the season, even with the tough schedule. Now some, of course, you got the classic Minnesota sports trauma where all of a sudden people are like, oh, they're not going to win four, they're not going to win five. Well, they should be on on track to win four hopefully in their first five games so that's always like a okay you're clearly just negative but it's fine how does it look for most of the fans that had it in that seven to nine win range though that outlook can still be true but you have to fight and you cannot have a bad back-breaking game a la Purdue last year or Bowling Green the year before now, the West is still up for grabs, in my opinion. The only team that has really looked to have the potential edge right now is Iowa. And you know what? That can still change. That game itself makes it extremely important in Kinnick to go and finally break that trend that you can't beat Iowa. You have to go down there and get it done. And if you do that, you have a good shot in the West. Now, as we've seen in the past, tiebreakers can be everything. In the Big Ten West. And even through it all last year, through the Illinois, the Purdue, the Penn State, the Iowa losses, Minnesota still technically would have won the West last year had they beat Purdue of those four losses. If they just beat Purdue, they had the tiebreaker. So it comes down to tiebreakers at that point, and you can't have those back-breaking losses, those unexpected losses, because it can come back to bite you in the butt. Now, although that North Carolina loss was deflating, it's not it not being a conference loss is a mega positive for the Gophers. It also showed that this team, if 
they play clean and hit their shots and they hit those opportunities that are called and they make the layups. Look, they can play with ranked teams. They can they can be in those type of games. And we'll see if that is enough to the players to use it as motivation to show that, look, we can do this. We can be in these fights and make sure that what we saw at North Carolina does not happen again. Now, I really think what this team needs is more swagger, more confidence to play with a chip on your shoulder because everyone will count them out moving forward with that North Carolina showing. They're going to say, mm, this Gophers team's not it. They they can't do it. They're, they're not going to be in the games with Iowa. They're not going to be in the games with Ohio State. They're not going to be in the games with Wisconsin. Let them think that, but come with that chip on your shoulder like, okay, bet. We just had a rough day at the office. We'll be there. We'll be there. So if they can have that swagger, if they can have that chip, and you can prove that it was just an off day, that will be a big-time change for this Gophers' trajectory on the season. Now, the first thing is you have to. No ifs, ands, or buts. You have to win the next two games. You've got two opponents that should be layups. They should be automatic wins. They should be blowout games against Northwestern and Louisiana. And you need to go out there and you need to prove it and you need to handle your business to give faith back to the fan base, faith back to the community, but also to prove, look, last week was a fluke. And you need to go out there and do it starting these next two weeks. From there, you've got Michigan State and Illinois a couple weeks later after the big time turn of Michigan and Iowa. And you have to go out there and you win those games as well because both of those teams have been struggling and both of those games will be at home. So those teams have issues of their own, and you should show that, look, again, North Carolina, more of a fluke than it is the rule. So that's why the Gophers still have a chance here. If you flip the next two games and you dominate those and you go out and you beat a struggling Michigan State, you beat a struggling Illinois, that's four more wins right there. That's six wins. You're bowl eligible. That's how quick it can flip for the Gophers. Now, that locks you into a bowl game, but on top of that, you've still got an opportunity with a Purdue team with a new coaching staff that has still struggled in some of their non-conference play as well, and that is a winnable game on the road if you don't leave errors all over the field. You take that, and you're looking at seven wins. You're looking at seven wins. You still have both your rival games and both the games you will be counted out in in Michigan State and Ohio State. So all of that puts you at seven, looking for eight between Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Now, if Minnesota continues to play the same way that we saw last week, you're going to lose those four games. You're going to plain and simple. But if they can write the offense, if they can write the ship, I really think you have an Iowa or you have a shot. Not You don't have an Iowa. You have a shot versus Iowa. And on top of that, I think you can take Wisconsin – down to the wire, especially at home. Now that gives you a, a record of potentially six and three in the West, maybe seven and two in the West if you take that Iowa game. Seven and two in the conference, not in the West. My bad there. But anyways, what that is telling you is if you go seven and two or six and three in your Big Ten conference schedule, that gives you a very good shot at the West, depending on tiebreakers. So that's why that Iowa game is huge. Because even if you drop to Wisconsin, or even if you drop the Purdue game at some point, but you took the Iowa game, that can still change a lot of the trajectory of your season. So all in all, the outlook could still be good for this young Minnesota team if, big if, the offense can get its ducks in a row. Now, I expect seven wins at minimum for this Gophers team. Anything below that will be a disappointing season, in my opinion.
And that's a good thing because it's, it's great to see it as a disappointment because that means the bar has been raised. We aren't satisfied for decent years. We expect more and we want those double-digit win seasons. We want to be right there on the cusp of 10 wins. We, we enjoy being regular at 9 and looking for more. We want the upset ability where we can't be counted out of games. Could their could there upside be there if things start to click? Absolutely. That's a major question that we will wait to get the answer to as the season rolls on. Now we're going to answer this final segment. We're going to go off this show answering your questions from the listener mailbag. And that is what is going to come up next. First, I got to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel because this NFL season, FanDuel is going to get you covered with new customers getting up to $200 in bonus bets. Actually, guaranteed $200 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So you can go put $5 on a bet. You might lose it and you're like, oh, man, I lost out. No, you still get $200 back in bonus bets. And if you're thinking of joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you can kick off the NFL season and the remainder of the college season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Gophers fans, so we are going to cover some mailbag questions to wrap this one up. Now, I posted on Twitter trying to get the listeners' questions, trying to see what y'all want to know more about heading into the rest of the season and whatnot. And we got a few questions that we're going to jump into. One of the first ones that we're going to talk about is Chris Ottman-Bell. So fans miss Chris Ottman-Bell, love Chris Ottman-Bell, and you know what? Everybody wants to see him back at full capacity. The question is, do you think he has a chance to get back to a full workload on this team? Is he still not 100%? If he's 100%, I think he can be the wide receiver one. I agree with you. If he's 100%, he is a game-changing wide receiver for this team. And you know what? I think that he is very close to fully healthy, but it's not just healthy in a physical sense. It's healthy in a mental sense too. And coach Fleck has brought that up in the pressers. Now that is the part where it's hard to tell where he's at because we haven't seen him on the field too much. I believe we saw him one snap in game one, no snaps in game two. And then we saw him in like three or four snaps in game three. So it's hard to tell, but they did target him on one route in this game three matchup on a curl route or a comeback route. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was on the left side of the field and it almost turned into an interception because Chris slipped on the route and then the ball went straight to the defender. So, you know, I've never, we've seen players slipping a lot in that last game. Daniel Jackson slipped a couple times. Chris slipped up once or twice, or Chris slipped just the once. I think Corey Kroom slipped at one point too. So I don't know if that was field or if that was just mental blocks or what was happening there. But I think overall it's overcoming the mental hurdle of coming back from a major injury and believing that the knee is going to be okay. Believing that you can do everything you do did in the past even through that injury. I think that is the next and final step for Chris Amon Bell. And we'll see when he's able to be on that field at full capacity, because I think physically he's there. I think we saw that in the practices. I think we saw that uh, in the fall camp where we saw him go up and win some big plays and make some big moments in seven on sevens and whatnot. And now we're seeing him slowly worked into different games, different snap opportunities, but hopefully In the very near future, we're going to see more and more Chris Ottman-Bell. It would be very hard to think 
that he would come back for a seventh year not to get a full workload. So maybe these are the games where you start to see it tick up. Maybe this Northwestern Louisiana opportunity is where you you warm him up to go feel like he can dominate. Warm him up to be like, look, you can still this, do this. You just have to trust in the knee, trust in the process, and have full confidence in yourself. So it's building back up the mental side of this injury. Now, the next question we have is what positions need to improve as the season goes along? Well, the first one, we have to get more consistent play from our quarterback. You got to make the easy throws. You got to be able to maneuver, adjust, put touch on the ball. Now, we've seen him do it before, so I'm not too stressed about it. We just have to see it come back to fruition, and I think we're going to see that in the next two games. They're going to take the shots. They're going to take the opportunities, and we need to see our player capitalize on that. So quarterback is definitely uh, – one of the answers for this question, I think the O-line has stepped up, so I'm not too worried there. The running backs have stepped up. I think from your pass catchers, you you need to see them make more plays. You need to see them create an open space because we have the skill set and the talent there, but we haven't really seen them be able to get more yards after catch, be able to separate and then create after they get the ball in their hands, fight for the extra five, fight for a breakaway touchdown. We haven't seen too many explosives. Now that comes from the quarterback, but it also comes from the pass catchers themselves. So those two are definitely on the offensive side what we need to step up. Defensively, I've liked what I've seen. I'm hoping the edge rushers can get home a little bit more and create a little bit more because that interior defensive line is going crazy. The secondary has been doing great on both the corners and the safeties levels, and the linebackers have been holding their own, especially missing their best player. So I think the biggest thing on defense, you're looking for more edge rushers to get home. They've created some pressure. They've gotten home a couple times. But as they continue to get more experience and they start to win the battles on the edge, I think this Gophers defense could get even scarier. So those are the three positions I would say we need to see improve as it continues to go along. Next question, why aren't the Gophers using multiple backs? A lot of successful teams play multiple running backs. Instead, we're wearing down Darius Taylor. Now, I wouldn't think about it as wearing down Darius Taylor. True freshman, I'm sure he loves the touches that he's getting, especially being his very first year. Um, But I think we've seen Sean Tyler in there because there's some trust in him. We've seen Darius Taylor, obviously. But I think it then comes into trust and put, not putting the ball in harm's way while also getting Darius Taylor familiar and adjusting to what he is going to see. Because Big Ten season, we're going to need that man to ball. We're going to need that man to control the clock. So getting him experience in these high-pressure games is great for him moving forward. Now, on top of that, you've had Bryce Williams, who has been injured. He probably would have been getting touches over these last two weeks had he not had the injury because you do want to get some load off of his back if you can with a back you trust. Now, the biggest question is Zach Evans, and somebody else also asked about that question. What what do we have to see to get Evans get some touches in these games? How can he get out of the doghouse, and what did he do? I'm not sure what he did overall, but overall, the biggest thing is this week. I think this week and next week are the two games that if Zach Evans doesn't get touches, I honestly imagine he'll be in the transfer portal faster than you can blink your eye. But if we can, if if there's any time for a running back to get some looks, it is in these next two games. We saw Zach Evans in the Northwestern game last year, and maybe that's the first time we'll see him again this year. And if they get that done, if they give him touches and he capitalizes and he pushes himself forward and he puts the talent on the field, 
it's going to be hard to get him off. It's going to be a running back that probably will see relief snaps for Darius Taylor if he can build and establish that trust in a game. So that these next two weeks are big for the running back room for Zach Evans himself because Beyond that, I'm not sure if we get to see him outside of any injuries, which we wouldn't want to see on that field. So it's going to be a big week for the running backs uh, when it comes to opportunities on the field in these next two weeks. And I'm imagining we'll probably see a little bit of Zach Evans to close out some of these games. And then I think the final question that we have from the listener mailbag is since 2019, we have been in search of a passing game to complement the run. Why is it so difficult to find balance for this coaching staff and the team? Is it scheme personnel or just lack of confidence on the part of the head coach? I think part of it is the continuing of changing of the offensive coordinators. We had uh, uh, slipping on his name right now, but he was over at Colorado last year. He was two years ago. He was our offense coordinator. I'm slipping on his name because you know what? It was, it was traumatic to have him as our offensive coordinator, but he was our offense coordinator in 2021 and 2020. Then we had Kirk Schrocka back in 2022. And now we have Greg Harbo back. Now, even though they all might run blips and similarities of the same type of system because Coach Fleck wants his offense to be that way, they all have differences on how they want to handle certain situations. They all have differences on when to call certain packages and certain opportunities. So I think that change year over year over year not only affects your players, but it also affects the play callers themselves because they're still trying to find their groove and respond. You got to remember Greg Harbo is in his first year as an official play caller. So he's still making those adjustments this year. Now it seems like he dialed up some decent shots in the last game that we weren't able to capitalize on, but also there's meat left on the bone for getting the ball into some of our playmakers hands and maybe different usages that we haven't seen thus far. So I think he's still growing as much as a new player or a young player would be growing in the system themselves. So I think it all kind of meshes together. You're talking about experience. You're talking about the scheme a little bit because coach Fleck obviously has a style of ball. He would like to play. I'm not really sure. It might've been personnel in years past in 2021, maybe especially with the injuries and the running backs and whatnot, but I think overall, it just comes to not having any stability at that offensive coordinator position. So as he gets more settled in and more confident in his play calling, hopefully we'll start to see that show on the field as well. That's going to do it for us on today's episode of Locked on Golden Gophers. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have more listener mailbag questions, drop them in the comments below. I'll save them for next week. Tomorrow, we've got our prediction show. I'll see you then. Roll the boat. Sky, you go Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.